Ohio Habla es un podcast que nace del proyecto Narrativas Orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio. Exploramos la experiencia latina con entrevistas en español, inglés y spanglish. Welcome to Ohio Habla. I'm Elena Fowles. Leticia Ordaz from Sacramento, California, joins me today. Leticia Ordaz is an Emmy-nominated TV anchor. She has been a journalist for over 20 years, and she's also a bilingual children's book author. Her first book, titled The Adventures of Mr. McCaw, won four 2020 International Latino Book Awards. Her most recent book, That Girl on TV Could Be Me, The Journey of a Latina News Anchor, is out this month. Bienvenida a este episodio, Leticia. Muchas gracias. I'm so excited to be here to talk about bilingual literacy and my new books that I really hope inspire more Latinas to get out there and write. Absolutely. Tell me about your journey in journalism. Were there many women of color going into this profession when you started college? When I started college, I didn't see a lot of Latinas in my classes. So there were women of color, but not a lot of Latinas. Okay. Definitely in the minority. Right, right. Uh, in your book, you mentioned being the first in your family to graduate from college and moving to a small town in Nevada. Tell me about leaving home. Was this hard? It was hard, but it, I knew since I started college because I was an intern at a television station that I grew up watching that I would have to pursue my career in a small market. I was always told You're not going to get hired in Sacramento. That doesn't happen. You have to go lay the groundwork and put in the work elsewhere, which would be a small town. So in the back of my mind, I always knew that if I wanted to get into this business, that I was going to have to move. And it's not um, unusual because my parents, uh, they immigrated from Mexico mm -hmm. and wanted a better life for us. So imagine leaving a country and coming to the United States and not knowing the language. So I knew that if my parents could do it, that I could do it because they had so many more barriers than me. They came here not knowing the language and were able to uh, reach the American dream for their children and to be able to become homeowners, which I thought was amazing that my mom was able to do the research, not knowing the language. So I wasn't up against what they were. So I knew that if they could do it, that I could do it too. Right, right. So they, they have always been your inspiration, uh, I guess. Yes. Uh, the book talks about me watching the television and being really interested in the news since I was five years old and, and looking at the TV screen and asking my mom, how come no one on the news looked like me? And she always encouraged me. And the first thing out of her mouth was always, You have to go to college. Si vas al colegio, tus sueños se van a ser realidad. So she always told me that if I pursued a higher education, that my dreams would come true. Obviously, they didn't want me working in the fields like they did when they first immigrated to this country. Right. I imagine you have covered all types of stories, just like you hope to inspire other Latina girls to go to college and choose the career that most fits them. I imagine that being one of the few Latina anchors has been both challenging and rewarding. Have you been able to highlight the work of Latinas and Latinos in your area and even in Nevada in that small town? I don't know if you, you had a chance to also do that when you when you started. 
Yes. Well, when I moved to Elko, Nevada, I can tell you that there weren't many people of color. I may have been one of the only Latinas out there. So highlighting people of color was a challenge there. Of course, it was a, an inclusive town and they were very loving and accepting of me moving there. So they did welcome me into their community with open arms, but there weren't too many Latino businesses that I could have profiled or leaders in that community. But I did move to more diverse towns, Bakersfield, California, Fresno, and Modesto as well as Sacramento. So I have been able to highlight Latinos that are doing wonderful things and also cultural stories where I'm able to introduce the public to children doing baile folklorico, uh, business owners that are starting to do amazing things in the community who are Latinx. So I definitely have found opportunities to highlight Latino community in a very positive light, even starting a series called Mi Comunidad, My Community, where each week we would pick a different business or a Latino doing a great thing in the community. Well, that sounds great. Uh, we, need, we, we need more of those stories. We need more of our stories out there. Um, talk to me a little bit about your first book, uh, The Adventures of Mr. McCall. What inspired you to write this book? Definitely. So since becoming a mom nine years ago, I always had it in the back of my head that one day I would be a children's book author only because we read so much and going to the library and the bookstore. I didn't see a lot of books that represented my children. I found some baby books and they would have one or two words that you can compare, but it, that nothing was fully bilingual. And I really wanted to be able to tell an entire story so children could see like their beautiful culture and, and just the story that was in a positive light. So two years ago, my family and I were in Cabo San Lucas, Hurricane Bud was coming and we have a kite that we keep there every year and we fly it when we go there. My children call this kite Mr. Macaw and they believe he's a magical kite. They believe this kite protects them. So we took out Mr. McCaw in the storm. We thought it would be fun to fly the kite. It flew away and we never thought we were going to get the kite back. It's like a, ch a child losing a toy, their favorite teddy bear, right? So my husband and I said, what are we going to do? Our kids are going to be devastated and we're not going to stop hearing about Mr. McCaw. The vacation is ruined. <laughs> Yes, we, we thought we were in deep trouble, but all the workers there in Cabo San Lucas stopped what they were doing. They stopped putting sandbags under doors. They stopped boarding up the windows and they wanted to help us find Mr. McCaw. They were determined to do whatever it took. So that's when we had a surge of hope that we're going to get this kite back. And as we were on the beach, we could see it flying, but we had no idea where it was stuck or what it was doing. We're like, where did he go? So long story short, we ended up finding Mr. McCall with the help of the villagers. Somebody actually climbed the tallest palm tree there to get our kite and rescue it and bring it back to our children. So when that happened, I said, I have to put this into a children's book. I told my husband, I am writing this this is our opportunity. We have to share the heart of the Mexican village with the world. And everything we do, it takes a village. So I thought, what a perfect opportunity to highlight that we don't do anything by ourselves and that our stories matter. 
Right, right. You know, one of the thing that the things that you said earlier about, um, you know, reading a lot when when your children were, were young and, and not really seeing in books, um, maybe the experiences uh, of your of yourself or your children. And I had a similar experience, right? So maybe occasionally I found bilingual books or translated books, but they still were not culturally relevant. Um, they certainly, the characters or the illustrations did not um, show uh, part of my culture in there or even people that look like us, right? And so it's not just providing a book in Spanish, a children's book in Spanish, but actually centering the stories of Latinos or um, Latin American stories, you know, in the language, um, in both languages. Uh, but the the story, the culture sig significance is, is also important. Oh, definitely, for sure. When I wrote this book, I wrote it bilingual, and my dream was to be published by a major publisher. I said, this is going to be easy. I'm going to be able to send this off and get a major publisher to jump on board. And while I received really positive feedback, they didn't want it to be bilingual. Some said, can you just do it in English? Do we have to do it bilingual? We don't think this is going to sell. So that was really a deal breaker. I had a heart to heart conversation with my husband and I said, what are we going to do? I really want to get this story out there. Children need to read a story like this. And so I decided to start my own publishing house, Silito Lindo Books, and we did it our way. I learned from the ground up how to publish a book, hired an illustrator, hired editors, got this printed myself. And it felt so good to know that the story was going to be told the way we wanted. It was going to be in two languages, completely translated on each page, and that the characters were going to be characters of color. Because when you sell your story off, you never speak to the illustrator. The publishing house has complete control over what those characters will look like. Those characters were my sons, and I wanted to make sure that they stayed true to their Latinx characters. Right. Thank you for sharing that. Right. Sometimes um, the, the, we have to make uh, tough decisions, but also it gives us an opportunity to be innovators and to be entrepreneurs and 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 do it our own way. I just had a I had conversations with other Latinas that um, have found similar obstacles and. Um, one of the solution is like, okay, well, let me see, let me figure out how I can do this myself, right? And this is exactly what you did. And and hopefully um, opening the doors for other authors that, that want to do similar work, um, you know, with the mission that you have here. Definitely. And hearing the statistics, uh, doing my research, I found out that there was only 5% Latina authors in the entire country that ever get a book published, mm -hmm. Latino or Latinas. Also, characters in books. Only 5% Latinx characters are ever seen in a picture book in the United States. And I thought, how sad that this is happening. Our children need to see themselves represented. All children of color need to see themselves represented. I didn't believe the statistics. And I actually reached out to the university that puts them out in Wisconsin. And they said, yes, this is in fact true. Mm -hmm. Send us your books and we can add it to the list of Latinas making a difference. So yeah, we're on a mission to break those barriers and to make sure that doesn't stay at 5%. Right, right. Um, Leticia, I just read your most recent book, 
uh, and as a mother of two girls, although they're one of them is an adult and one of them is a is an older teenager. Um, but when they were young, younger, I was always interested in encouraging reading time and choosing books that had women protagonists. If we could find Latina protagonists, even better. <laughs> and I have to say, I love the fact that your book is out. Uh, we not only need more women role models in our professional areas, but we particularly need more Latina and Latino representation in books like you just mentioned. How do you feel about writing your own story here in a, in a children's book? Yes, I did not plan on writing my own story, but it was kind of a cool thing. When I did send Mr. McCaw out as a manuscript to publishers, one of the publishers that contacted me was an independent publisher in San Francisco, E-Medium, and he read my autobiography or my my biography. And he asked me, he reached back and said, what do you think about writing your own story? We would like to tell a story of a girl with an immigrant background, a girl who's now on the news breaking barriers. What do you think? And so I thought about it and, you know, no one ever thinks to write their own story, but the more I thought about it, if it could be an opportunity to inspire girls, why not? And it was sharing my journey is what I do when I go to classrooms before the pandemic, right? Now it's virtual, but I would go into classrooms and talk to girls and boys about how I achieved my dreams. And I said, if I could read them a book, that would make it even easier, right? And it could encourage kids at a younger age to learn about the career, maybe starting at three, four, five. So yes, it all came together and I partnered up with the medium and it's been a wonderful journey. And and I can't wait to take this to the schools virtually if it can't be in person. But I really think it's a message that all kids need to hear. We all have the power to succeed and we just have to believe in ourselves. Right. Um, I like reading the book and all the adventures of being a reporter and some that stand out to me is being bitten by mosquitoes at an almond <laughs> farm and things like that, right? Uh, so it must be fun. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun to be a reporter. They are certainly good anecdotes uh, for the reader, at least. Uh, but I really like that you incorporated concerns that many professional Latina women might have, such as balancing family and a full-time job. You were concerned about having children and continue to be in the public eye. Would you credit having a woman boss in helping you grow your career and family? Tell me about this experience. Yes. So yes, I always knew I wanted to wait to have children because my mom always told me, esperate, there's plenty of time. The, she was married and had children starting at 18. That was just what you did uh, when she was in Mexico. And she always strived for us to wait. She wanted us to put education first because that's not something that they were able to do. They had to get into the workforce early to help feed their families. So in the back of my mind, I always knew that I wanted to wait to have children. But when I turned 30 and I was in my career, I was nervous about having children because I didn't know if I would continue to get the big assignments or what that would mean. You don't want your bosses to think that you're no longer serious about your job, even though nothing was really said to me. It was just kind of an unspoken thing that, you know, when a woman gets pregnant, will they still be able to advance in their career? So for my first child, I did have a male as my news director and I was never treated any different. But when I had a woman as a female news director, 
and I became pregnant with my second child, I was getting ready to go out on maternity leave when my news director told me that she was going to be promoting me when I came back from my pregnancy leave. She said, you're doing a wonderful job. And when you come back from maternity leave, when you're ready to come back, you're going to be the weekend anchor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was very exciting to know that I could still be on TV and, and reach my dreams and give people's voices and be pregnant at the same time, have a family. So Mm -hmm. it was just very encouraging that, you know, there was like an open arms policy and that it was going to be okay to continue to grow my family. Right. Um, and, and I can just remember, you know, just maybe, 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 um, I don't know, 10, maybe 20 years ago, where it was very rare to see women on TV that were pregnant, right? Even at shows, people would hide the, you know, in sitcoms or whatever, the, the pregnancy would be covered. Or, um, And now we even have a local um, news reporter here in central Ohio, and we've seen both of her pregnancies, like as something normal, right? As it should be like a woman that also has a family and, and that's equally uh, committed to her professional life. And I really like that you incorporated that in the book so that young girls, right, can be thinking about not necessarily having to choose between one or the other, uh, but that they can have a family and also a career. And I really like that message. Definitely. I think this book is really, it's a children's book, but I really think it could benefit young girls in college and even when the the beginners in this profession, because you want to give it your all and you're going to continue to give it your all, but you also have to know that you don't have to wait forever. You don't have to wait until you're 40 and then say, why didn't I have children earlier? You need to know that you can do it. Obviously it's not easy, it's a challenge. You know, you have long hours, you work holidays, you you may work weekends, but I think if you surround yourself with supportive people, you have a supportive family, you can make it work. Right. Um, I want to mention to the audience that this book includes a glossary in English and Spanish with keywords about the TV world, such as deadline, live shot, broadcast journalism, script, and many other words. And I imagine girls role-playing and including some of these words in their games. And also the illustrations are great. Uh, Was that part of your thinking too? Like providing this sort of vocabulary so that kids can can do that kind of, you know, game uh, role-play? I think it's wonderful. My husband over the years has learned what everything means, but some of the is foreign language to people. Like I'm going to put together a package. A package is a story, but not everyone knows what that means, right? Or I'm going to do a live shot. They don't really know that. Yes, I'm live and there's no room for mistakes, right? So it's just educating the public, families, children of what all these terms mean, a VO, a voiceover. We have our own language in the TV world, and we just wanted to share that with the public. I really like that about the the book, uh, as well as many other things. I encourage everybody to, to get it. I mean, we're almost next month is Christmas. This would be a great Christmas present, I think, <laughs> yeah. uh, for, for young uh, girls um, and boys, right? Because uh, this is, sure. um, is not meant just to be, uh, to be read by girls. Um, Leticia, is there anything else you would like to add to this conversation about your work and maybe future writing projects? Definitely. Well, I just want to tell people to really follow their dreams. And I think parents 
I had really supportive parents and I hope that parents continue to nurture what their children want. I was that shy girl in school that was terrified to read out loud in class. And one of the pages I'm telling myself in front of the mirror, you can do it. And I would go home and practice for two hours. But I remember sharing with some of my educators that I wanted to be that girl on the news, that I wanted to be a journalist. And, and sadly, some of them discouraged me and said, that doesn't fit your personality. Do you really want to do that? So I just want to tell girls to go for it. No one knows you better than you. So had I listened to the people that were telling me not to get into this profession, I would not be doing this now and really enjoying my career for 20 years. I love my job. I also writing, but I just get such a thrill of being able to tell stories and give people a voice. So if you really want to do something, no one should tell you not to. I just really hope that by reading my book and following having mentors that people will know that they can reach their dreams, whatever they want to do. Leticia, gracias por esta conversación. Muchas gracias. A todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima. Sí.